This is Podflix, episode 179, and I am Paul. I'm Nish. I'm Willie. Good I'm evening, pa- gentlemen. Paul, what what are the Roman numerals for 179? <laughs> Funny you should ask. It's actually C-L-X-X-I-X. Oh, it's, it really, really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I, you know, to wonder why those guys ever failed. Um, That's right. With a numbering it was, system like it that. Was, it was the numerals that did them in. Everyone knows it. Well, once they invented social security numbers, it was they spent all their yeah. time just saying them out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not here to talk about Roman stuff. We are here to talk about desert stuff. Um, and we watched um, the most recent adaptation of Dune, um, which was, by the time you hear this, probably previously streaming on HBO Max. Um, and... Before we do that, um, as we record, it was recently Halloween, and um, longtime fans of the show will remember that we had actually watched Halloween at one point sure. um, for the show, and I kind of wanted to watch it again, because I remember actually liking it. Oh, original uh, Halloween, not not new one. No, no original, no, no, original yeah, uh, from the 70s. No, I think this is one of the three horror movies I've seen in my entire life. I, does this count as a horror movie? Like, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it definitely counts as a horror totally. movie. I mean, how scary you think it is, or you know, whether you know, whatever is a different story. But I mean, it's yeah. like it's one of the horror movies, right? Yeah. Pretty- I, I I think the I think well I think the franchise got I suspect a lot more horror classic horror as it went on than than how it started. But I mean, kind uh, of. <laughs> but regardless, I yes. I remember I remember liking and wanting to watch it. So. You know, I sat down a couple of days before Halloween and tried to do that. And it turns out you can't. Why not? Can't it, find it? It's not for sale on iTunes or Amazon or any of those places. And it is not streaming on any one of the very large number of services that I subscribe to. That is and I crazy. couldn't watch it. I know. I couldn't on, believe not it. Not even on Amazon? Not even on Amazon. Wow. Amazon, Apple, HBO, Peacock. Um, what are the other ones that is I have? It, Paramount Plus. Like, is it is it on Hulu? And you like ended your subscription to it after your like month long trial? Oh, I'll be mad if it's on Hulu. It would be uh, hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't find it anywhere, it, and it was very disappointing. I it's not it's not so weird that it wasn't on streaming because like there are streaming services I don't have, but it was really weird that you can't buy it. I thought that was super weird. I don't know, man. When I, when I, I, just I on Amazon Prime, I see rent for four bucks and buy for nine. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Seriously? Maybe it showed up after yeah. Halloween? Maybe. Yeah. It, it also looks like you can buy it. Uh, you can rent it on YouTube. You can oh. rent it on YouTube. Now, I that so. is a place I never think to look for. Right. Me neither. But yeah. Commercial like content you can. like that. Yeah. There's other uh, services that offer it are Shudder and AMC Plus. Yeah. I definitely don't have either one of those. Shudder is like all horror movies, right? That's I think that so. what I was I was when you said that I was thinking I was like, what's that horror one? I was like, I bet it's on that. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I've been coming around to the whole YouTube but... thing because uh, we're you know my kids and I are slowly doing like a an MCU kind of rewatch or watch for them, and we've gotten to the Spider Man movies, and it's like, oh great, like where the hell is this streaming? Because it's not on Disney Plus yet, um, and you can rent it on YouTube, and that's how we were watching it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, you're 
Yeah, and it is. Yeah, so it is available on Amazon. I don't know why I couldn't find it when I searched for it. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was like a shutter only for the month of October or something like that. It's possible. And, yeah, it is possible. possible. Yeah. But now I'm going to watch it that I can yeah. find that I did find it somewhere. Even even though Halloween itself has come and gone. And, well, it's always alive in our hearts. That's right. Um, that's what I hear. I still uh, hate Halloween, guys. Who, said, who says that? <laughs> it's never alive in my heart. Yeah. Um. Who's going around saying that Halloween is always alive in our hearts? Okay, so this, I just looked, this must have been a October thing because it is now also available on iTunes. <laughs> you're just oh. you're just really bad at searching for things, Paul. You no, didn't no. know it until it was, now. I bet you anything yeah. it was available on that Shutter thing, and that's the and way like they got else. you to subscribe yep. to Shutter. Yeah, yep. it was, I'm sure it was some special thing they had. Um, yeah. What what I recall, by the way, Paul, you know, if you watch Halloween and, you know, again and are like, oh, yeah, it still holds up or whatever. But, you know, like you said, like we went over it years ago when we talked about Halloween, how it's an unconventional horror movie by like, you know, what what we've grown to know as horror movies. Um, I seem to remember I watched it a long time ago, but I feel like I remember Halloween, two being pretty good. Um, It takes place, if I recall, immediately following the events of Halloween, like it like is an immediate follow-on it does so here's what's funny though is the thing that got me into it was hearing people talk about the new halloween movies yeah halloween kills yeah which which basically they pulled like a superman's return thing and there there are they are my understanding at least is there are sequels to the first halloween but not to any of the others um so i was thinking about watching basically the original one and then these new ones to see because um like i said people that I trust who aren't big horror fans said they're actually pretty decent and I'd be curious to watch them. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah. they probably feel, let's see what happens around Christmas. See if like love actually disappears off of Amazon and all that. <laughs> yeah. To go on that all, that all Christmas movie. God, yeah, that's right. It's just going to be like the, like the entire like Hallmark channel, like catalog that's will be right. on there. Does Hallmark have a streaming service? Because they should if they don't. Yeah, they kind of should, right? Yeah. Um, it's all basically the same movie over and over again with just different bland white people subbed in. <laughs> <laughs> Which small town in America is this movie taking place? Right, right exactly. It's it's like totally like Mad Libs where it's like, what's what's a, what's the unconventional like uh, career path that either the woman or the man has chosen going to be this time? Right, it's like... like Blank from the big city has to move to small town X right, to, right, to do Y right. where, where she meet. where she grew up, you know, and it's like yeah, where, she meets where her he old... or she meets local person also in industry X that they initially they initially hate each other. But then, right. Yeah. Yep. It quite literally writes itself. Um, much like I hear the screenplay to the movie we watched tonight, uh, which was <laughs> that's a terrible segue. Um, 2021's Dune. Um Directed by, oh boy, uh, Denny Villeneuve. How'd yeah. I do? Yeah, All pretty right? good. Pretty good. And starring <laughs> roughly half the world. Yes. Um, Starred a lot of people. Nish, do you want to take a swing at a recap? I mean, I'll I'll do a little bit of the premise, I think. Uh, so okay. this movie takes place in the distant future um, in, and is is a space movie. Takes takes place on different planets and, and whatnot. Uh, there is an empire. Uh, I don't remember if they ever say or anything that it's the Galactic Empire or what it is, but <clears throat> it is a an, an empire spanning many worlds and and so on and so forth. 
And um, basically, the movie concerns um, two rival houses, uh, the uh, House of Atreides and the House of Harkonnen, uh, who are kind of... uh, Sorry, my whole life I've been growing up saying Harkonnen. Oh, fair uh, So the Harkonnen thing really was throwing me for a loop. <laughs> um, who are bitter rivals, um, and uh, their uh, and and kind of their fight for control. Although I'm kind of, it's not exactly a fight for control, but it but it basically centers on the control of this planet called Arrakis, and Arrakis is the one planet in the entire galaxy where um, they can harvest something called spice or spice melange, depending on you know how how you hear it said, um, which um, provides uh, long life and kind of uh, premonitions and things to 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 people if they have enough of it, and also is what more or less powers interstellar travel in the galaxy. So it is the most valuable substance in the galaxy, and so whoever controls Arrakis has a great deal of. Um, you know, basically power uh, in the galaxy. And so there's a lot of political intrigue that takes place. Um, and then there's also a lot that concerns the natives of the planet of Arrakis, um, who are basically these uh, native people called Fremen, um, who, um, and, and you you talk about, uh, you mispronouncing, I always pronounced it Freeman, even though I knew <laughs> there was only one E, but I just assumed yeah. that it was like a stylized way of saying Freeman. Sure. But Fremen, Fremen it is. Um and that's probably that's that's more or less the premise. And the uh, protagonist of our story is the son of one of the houses, uh, Paul Atreides, um, the 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 son of the leader of of uh, the house of Atreides. And we can go from there because I mean, sure, that's the premise. Can I ask some, can I ask some baseline questions here? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I, I pull back the curve for a hot moment. I felt like similar better than the last time I watched the other version of Dune. At least I had a rough idea of what was going on here, but I still had the feeling that I needed to have read the book or have been into this as a kid or whatever. So I just want to get out of the way. Do you guys know the source material for this movie or like what, what do we know going in? I, I, I knew it well enough. I, uh, I, I have the book, but I haven't actually read it all the way through. Um, so I don't know it like I, you know, like someone who's read the book would, you know, where it's like you really know, like, you know, what all these characters are and who they you know, do. But I know the general thrust of what happens. Like I remembered the general thrust of like what the plot is of the not just this movie, but what would be part two, like basically the plot of the novel. Um, so I remembered that. But I will say, like, I'm all for not handholding in movies. I like that when they don't over explain. But this movie could have done with some explanation. Um, I, I I was fine with it because I knew what was going on. But I would imagine that if you did not have some idea of the plot of Dune and some of the terminology and things that were going on, they did not do a whole lot of explaining of a lot of it. They did a little mm-hmm. bit here and there, but not a lot. So I totally understand where you're coming from, Willie. So I think we may have touched on this in a previous episode, but my exposure to Dune is two things. I've never read the book or any of the books um, or anything like that, um, but I did play the 1992 video game called Dune 2. Yes, as um, did I. Um, one of the first like uh, RTS games ever made. Um, um, man, I love that game. So such I was familiar a, such with... a good game. 
what was I familiar with? I guess not that much. I was familiar with the names Atreides and Harkonnen. Right. And, basically, and, basically all the stuff I said in the premise, more or less, right? That well, it's not even Arrakis. that much in the game. Yeah, it's Arrakis. Right, right. There's, there's a planet there's Arrakis who's trying to harvest spice. There's, yeah, I didn't mention sandworms, but there's sandworms. Um, and then, uh, and then, obviously, we watched the the David Lynch version um, of Dune um, years ago. Yeah, years and years ago, nothing sunk in for me in that movie. Like nothing. I so, don't know what's going on in that movie. Right. So thinking back on that, I I had I sat down and was prepared to be utterly baffled and not know what the fuck was going on. And I actually think they did a fairly decent job explaining what was happening like um which is to say like i didn't finish watching the movie and and i was like i got it but i did spend a couple days and thinking about it and i was able to like unspool it in my head and actually the other day um i was like i was talking to my wife and i said well i need to try to explain dune to you because i'm not sure i understand it and she's like okay and like i basically like laid out the plot as i understood it and as i was doing it i was like oh maybe i do know what happened in this movie after all um, and like, there's a couple of key things that I think they do a pretty decent job explaining in dialogue. Like, um, like when, when they take, when they take Arrakis and they give it to House Atreides, they explain why, which I never understood before. No, um, I, I, I agree that that's actually like the political part of it. I actually think they did a very good job of laying out like what the trap was in, yeah. in, that the Emperor was laying and kind of like how they were kind of setting them up to fail and all that. The stuff I thought that I know we're kind of getting into it here, but things that I thought that they didn't explain well, and maybe they didn't need to because the this ultimately didn't play a large part in this movie. But like, for instance, like you have um, two characters. Um, I can't. I'm not going to remember their names. Peter DeVries and uh, and uh, whatever his last name, first name is Hawat. Uh, the two Mentats of the houses. They never explain what a mentat is, who these people are, why at certain points their eyes go white. And like they're like like and, and that's probably OK, because that's not actually a major part of the film. But I think there is a little bit of like it's like, I guess they're just advisors. Like you kind of get by with that, like they're advisors. But like that is kind of like I remember a lot of time being spent generally on that part of Dune. You know, that's kind of like that's abuse of the spice and all that kind of thing. Um, that's probably fine. I mean, maybe I didn't choose like a, a great example in the, in that case, because as it turns out, like that probably will come into play a little more in the sequel, um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, but that, not, but, but, but doesn't, isn't really an issue here now that, you know? Yeah. I, I mean it. that, that part like blew right over me. I didn't even like notice anything weird with that. So, um, yeah, so I don't know, but, um, and the other thing they didn't explain was like how they do hyperspace travel. Right. Can, can I interrupt for one minute? It's, which is um, I had a tough time and maybe this is some of the things that maybe it ties together. What you're saying is I, I had a tough time finding my grounding early in this movie because I couldn't figure out if it was sci-fi or fantasy or both. Both the way you, the way you describe the, um, the way you describe the summary of the movie Nish, so when you say it takes place in the future, it's like, oh, then it's just sci-fi. It takes place in the future, <laughs> but like, and, but it's not just sci-fi. It no, is it's I, I would say it's both because like, there's not it's this fucking guy that's floating who I don't really quite understand who he is and what his deal is, and uh, how, also like how he ends up in this tar pit later. Like, right? I mean, <laughs> I think it's like I I don't think it's really fantasy in so much as like there isn't really 
magic per se. Like most of the stuff is technology. It might be weird technology and that, that they don't really explain. I would say, I mean, all, all the Benny Gesserit stuff is, is fantasy. Like, yeah, very, in very, the same quite, way, quite a bit. So I would say, like, the I mean, I'm going to give you something yeah, like, like give the you use something. of the voice and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, yes. right. I mean, that's fantasy as much as like Star Wars is fantasy. Right. Which yeah, is like or, a or little sure. bit like, yeah. or like, like Avatar is fantasy. Right. Well, I think you know, these things that are not like human beings. Wait, which avatar are we talking about? <laughs> I think I, I think you're talking about the James Cameron avatar. I'm talking uh, about the okay. one with the blue people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure either for a second. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, it, um, but in, in the end, I guess it probably doesn't really matter, but it is widely considered like a classic sci-fi yes. yeah. um, story as it were. So, um, so there's a lot to go over in this movie. Um, and I kind of want to start with, um, you know, I want to start with, the cast basically and um the people in it there's as i mentioned there's lots and lots of people in it so we don't think we can really go through them all but we can kind of jump around um and talk about you know hit some of our our favorites and who we really liked can um, we uh can we jump up jump up and get down no well okay. we can't i'm sorry all right we fair enough all right um but uh <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, you got that in your so, head now. <laughs> yep, I sure do. So, I'm curious. So, who really, who really stuck out to to you guys um, in this film? You want to go first, Willie? Uh, two surprisingly, Jason Momoa. I don't know why. Like he didn't really his character. He just looked like a badass. Was a badass, and I really liked him. Also, for me, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. She she stole the movie for me. Yeah, th- those are definitely two people who um, stood out to me as well. I would also add, I, I really liked Stellan Starsgard as uh, as Baron Harkonnen. I, I liked his portrayal of, of him a lot. Um, he's got the right voice for him and everything. And I couldn't help but compare him with the David Lynch version, just because that's something that I do remember really oh, well yeah. from the David Lynch version of Dune, because he's so goddamn disgusting. In mm-hmm. that movie. And I like this one a little more because like the disgustingness, I, he's supposed to be disgusting in both and he is, but like it was so off putting in the David Lynch one that like it, it was very distracting from everything that was going on. Whereas here he's disgusting, but also like sinister and like, and, and a, a very formidable foe. And I feel like you get that um, across very well in, in this movie. But yeah, I would agree. I, I, I feel like Rebecca Ferguson has such a huge part in this movie and I think and I think does a really good job with it. By the way, I'll say all the main cast was I thought very good. Even the very little bit we saw um Javier Bardem like fucking awesome. His, yeah. his, even his his little part was great, I thought. Like and of course Timothy Chalamet was I thought he was good. Yeah, I didn't think there was anyone that really I I didn't love. I I, I think I it's agree. funny I'd, that you guys I had one. I had one. I think it's funny that you guys mentioned Jason Momoa cuz I'm like my opinion of him was like basically like, yep, that's the character Jason Momoa always plays. Like, um, I, ag- I I do agree with that. Like, I don't feel like it was like, wow, great acting by Jason Momoa. But I also just feel like that character is a character is like a very he he gets good moments. Like may- maybe it's not even Jason Momoa himself. It's like that's a good character. Like that's a memorable character. Like whereas like I feel like Josh Brolin has a fairly thankless role to play as as Gurney Halleck. Like like he's just kind of like the second in command who has to kind of like. Even though he also is kind of badass in the scene where, like, where the troops arrive and kind of surprise them, and he like goes out and like 
with with them in his life just kind of slaughtering the 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 uh you know the what is it, the sarda car or whatever they are yeah she's um, the one i didn't like <laughs> i thought josh brolin was like why does this guy only speak in fucking memes like wh- what are you talking about it's one of those things they don't really explain right like they they just do with a couple of tossed off lines like he's like he's like a fighter but he's also like kind of like a troubadour in 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 the like 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 he's kind of like a poet musician <laughs> slash yeah like that, that that's what he is in like the the movie i don't know if you remember in the, in the uh in the David Lynch version, he that he's played by Patrick Stewart of all people, um, which is kind of hilarious. Um, There's like a toss away line in the beginning where Timothy Chalamet where, where he says like I'd rather have a poem or something when he goes to like yeah, help train him or whatever for fighting. Like, that's yeah, I agree. That's about all you get. And then he just like has these little like quotes that he like talks in like when when somebody says something. All he does is like talk in these ridiculous quotes, and you're like, what? Right, right. It was interesting. Um, you know, knowing and, and I'm very glad, obviously, that they're going to do the part two. I mean, I didn't think there was really a chance they wouldn't, but it was good to hear like that they officially are. Um, But it's kind of interesting because like some of the characters in this, like you mentioned Javier Bardem and then Zendaya, obviously, as well, like our characters who is like they're fairly highly billed. You barely see them in the movie and they're going to be a much bigger parts of the second of the second movie of the sequel, you know, obviously, you know, given where the movie ends. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting with all the people who are in it. And then like, on the other hand, you have someone like Oscar Isaac, who is like a decently big part of the first half of this movie. And we will not see again because he does done quite a sales job to like Zendaya and Javier Bardem about like, Hey, I mean, your moneymaker is going to be in the second movie. I mean, it would have been pretty surprising if they didn't make another. It would it, it would have had to it would have had to bomb so hard for yeah. them to not make a second movie, and and it probably wasn't going to do that. Yeah, and I'm sure all those people would have gotten paid anyway. So um, <laughs> that's true. Um, they got there. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. Like the Zendaya role, especially like she basically like stood around and had the wind blow in her face. Right. Um, and <laughs> I, I know she'll get a lot more to do, but it was, yeah. Yeah, it was I mean, it, it was weird and, and a little off putting. Right, you see her a lot, but it's just in his visions and dreams. Like, and and she doesn't say anything in any of them for the most part. She whispers a couple things. Yeah. So yeah, and you really don't see her in the flesh until like the last what ten minutes or so of the movie. But yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was it was really. I mean, I thought this when we saw the trailers, but it, like it's really well cast. You know, it's like everybody for the most part. Like, I can't. Like you said, I think everyone does a good job and also like everybody fits really well. Like, you know, even thinking like people we haven't talked about, like like Dave Batista, I think is really well cast oh, yeah. as like the oh. like idiot muscle son of or not son, nephew actually, of of the Baron, you know, the bad guy. He looks he looks good. I feel like he acts like the right part uh for, you know, like people like that. Uh Charlotte Rampling uh, in the small role in the beginning as like the Reverend Mother or whatever of the Benny Gesserit who does the the test with Paul in the mm-hmm. box, um, you know she she's really good too. So yeah, I, I I feel like all around I thought the cast did a really good job. What about Polka Dot Guy? Oh yeah, great to see him and more and like he's he's appearing in all kinds of stuff. I definitely yeah. like didn't had forgotten he was in this. I'm sure I knew at some point. And when they first showed him, you know he's, he's got like the bald head and everything. But like I could just, like just from like his chin and everything it's like is that david desmalchian that's like 
He has a very distinctive look. Yeah, Yeah, he really does. So while I was watching this, I kept thinking to myself, what is it about Dune? Because obviously, like, the stars came out to be in this movie. So, like, is it the book? Is it just, like, such a crazy amount of sci-fi nerd fans out there about the first one? Like, what is it about Dune that everybody was, A, so excited about, and B, like, the stars came out to be in this movie? I think it's probably, so without knowing anything and going off pure speculation, I would guess it's a number of things. One is this is considered like, quote unquote, like grown up sci-fi in a way that like kind of like 2001 is, right? And in a way that like Star Wars kind of isn't, right? Right. Um, so it's a way to get in like a high profile, quote unquote, high class like franchise, right? You're signing up. To, there's a lot of Dune books. You're probably signing up to be in like a very notable franchise and i think that's probably has a lot of appeal did not know uh, that how many dune books are there five or six four? Oh, is oh. it that many i don't yeah, know I i'm, I'm, I'm guessing know maybe maybe you're right maybe it's four i, I only thought there was one i didn't know when this movie went up when i was looking at it and i paused it i'm like there's 15 minutes left I'm like oh shit this is gonna be like lord of the rings they never make it to the mountain right well well you know in well, terms of the original movie they're making these two two films or sorry the original novel they're making right. these two films that that encompass dune but they're and i i do think that to go further than the two movies they they'd have to you know be like okay this was very well received and like did really well like we'll go ahead and make the rest cuz like you can end it from what i know of the story after dune like yeah it it it's not like a it's not like a Star Wars level ending where it's like, oh, like that movie could have just ended and nothing else happened. Like they killed the, you know, they blew up the Death Star and all is good. But it's it's enough of an ending that it's like, right, it could end there. And like, you you know that there's more things to come, but like we don't have to see them. Yeah, so I think all of that contributed. I think the director, whose name I will not try to pronounce again, um, contributed a I, lot. I definitely think that contributed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, not my favorite. He's pretty, he's quite well regarded these days um i thought blade runner 2049 was pretty not great but um um but this movie by the way like if you had shown me this movie and um didn't tell me who directed it i could totally guess because it you know he's got a style he does Um, and it lends itself well to dune actually i thought it lent Um, itself very well to dune his 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 style of direction um yeah so we can kind of move to that i guess and and I guess along with direction, can we talk about the visual side? Because that, because that's that's a lot of his style. Yeah, sort totally. of the visuals of it. Um, I I just thought this was a terrific looking movie personally. Um, yep. Just just a beautiful movie. Which is funny because the other version we watched was kind of a very ugly movie, intentionally so. Um, it's it's memorable in its own way, but like this was just gorgeous to look at, and like some of like. I think to like, you know, the shots of when they're first, uh, what's the city? Arakeen, when they're like flying over Arakeen, the um, the attack on Arakeen, you know, when the Harkonnen forces and all that come is just awesome. Like it, it looks so fucking good. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, it's like, you know, this is worth worth it watching it right now, even if the rest of it wasn't, you know, good in any way. Like this is just wonderful to look at. So I, I couldn't rave enough about how good it looked. Yeah, the, the, I, the, I made notes here about the landscape, the cinematography. The Somebody had mentioned this to me, and I thought it was so true. What, what is that helicopters with? The, the, the with ornithopter. The, yeah, that basically looks like yeah. a big dragonfly. 
somebody said it's worth watching this movie just to see the way they did the ornithopter. So I was like, clearly you're a fanboy of this stuff. But when it came on screen, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like that was super, <laughs> super cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. And while I was watching it, I was like, this has a very distinct cinema, like cin- cinematography feel to it. And in my head, and I didn't know who the director was. I just watched. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of like Sicario. And sure <laughs> enough, like the same guy. There you go. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. The, 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 the way that the colors that they use. Absolutely. Especially like way. the night colors were very reminiscent yeah, yeah. of scenario of, of Sicario scenario <laughs> of Sicario. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. how they do that. That's what I was thinking while I was watching. I was like, man, the way they film the night scenes, but the but everybody is so crystal clear. Like all I can think of was like they must have some badass cameras and lenses with like wide open apertures to get such clear shots during the night. Yeah, pretty much, I think. Or dusk, you know. Right. Yeah, I thought I thought it looked great. I thought everything looked great. I thought that um the little bit we got on different planets was good. And like stuff looked legit like different and weird like the way they didn't explain it i don't really didn't really follow it but like they have those big tubes in orbit that the ships fly out of um and then like the other thing i noticed was the costuming like it didn't look like standard like future tech fair actually like like they show up like i love the like that gray armor that they show up in the atreides house shows up in like it looks like futuristic and cool but like not what you would expect and right. um and even like the those like those still suits looked cool and they had like a very distinct look to them like and i felt like they put the effort into that stuff in a way that like not every sci-fi movie kind of does it's like oh well, like we'll put everybody in jumpsuits and like that's the future you know kind of a thing um and and, I, and yeah I, I liked a lot about um, how this movie how this movie looked i thought it looked i thought it looked great like the whole i really like this you know you talked about the stuff do you like i really like the scene where they go and visit the harvester um, yeah. and 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 the sandworm comes and they have to like deal with all that and like everything just looked like it looked great it looked amazing and that is the kind of scene i think could easily have been super chaotic in another movie um and i followed all the action that happened um like i like totally understood what was going on and like and and really got to like appreciate what was happening like you know they had like big wide shots and they showed the worm coming and it's like i understand the scale of what's happening here and like it wasn't like as frenetic as action scenes tend to be this way these days and um i I really like that personally yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It's You're a movie right. like it's one of those movies like, you know, it has a huge budget like so many movies do. And this is one of those movies where it's like like you can see all the money up there like in, in, in a good way. Like it feels like it's like, yeah, this movie feels like it was, you know, worth yeah, pay, all the money. Pay, that pay they back on what you're saying, Paul, is usually when you see an action scene, there's so much shit going on screen, like the camera gets shaky and shit and you just know like people are dying and shit like. It was very clear what was happening and the tempo was slow enough where it wasn't like this was like mad dash of shit happening on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I and, thought that was great actually. I didn't think about it in retrospect thinking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, even the fight scenes with Jason Momoa wasn't like forty two dudes and you couldn't follow what was happening. You saw him doing the thing. Right. So it feels like in those other in more more and more, think of the John Wick scenes or more action movies lately. It's almost like they speed the film up to make to like get more death in. 
Yeah, and and sometimes that's intentional, obviously. Like, sometimes they're trying to create a sense of chaos to get you in the sense that, like, this is not, like, this is very brutal and, and rough and dirty. But, like, I'm glad they didn't do that here because that's not, that that wasn't the feel that the rest of the movie had. And it would be very weird if that's how the action sequences were. They I felt like a lot. The chaos to me came in, in, in the audio, the sound. Yes. The sound and the music made it feel chaotic at times and, and scary and, and build the tension that way. So let's take a, a quick diversion and talk about how we watch this movie. Because it's interesting that you brought that up, Willie, because I watched it like, you know, in a house where other people were sleeping and had to <laughs> keep the sound relatively low and the subtitles on um, for large portions, well, for the whole movie. I, and, you know, the quiet parts I didn't hear so much and the loud parts were at like a medium volume. Um, but other than that, like I did get to watch it on you know a pretty large TV um, and got to enjoy the visual aspect of it. And I'm curious, um, I'm curious how you guys right. watched so, this. So, so I was mostly the other way around, which is that um, I, I have a similar issue, which is that I can only watch this late at night when my kids are asleep, which means I can't go watch it down on my big TV because unless I want to do what you did, which is like I watch it, but it's like very, very soft. And so I chose to go the other way. I watched about half of this on my laptop. And then, and almost the other half on my phone, but I could hear it really well because it was on headphones. And so I could just turn it up as loud as I wanted. Um, so yeah, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm raving about the visuals and I can only imagine what that would have felt like if I could actually <laughs> see it on something big. Um, so, you know, there, there is that, um, it's definitely a movie that, um, I plan on being able to watch on a bigger screen. I, I you know, I'm not going to be able to go see it in the theater, although, you know, knock on wood, by the time part two comes out, it will, you know, be okay. I'll feel safe just going to a theater and doing that. And uh, I look forward to that. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's how I watched it. What about you, Willie? More, more, more normal uh, than both of us. 75 inch TV with surround sound. Nice. So, uh, at, so at normal volume, but also with subtitles on. Because one thing I will say is the sound mix here is really quiet voices compared to the action stuff and like this game of turning it up and down and up and down and up and down. You don't want to do that. Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot with maybe, maybe I'm getting old and my ears are getting bad, but I feel like that happens a lot where the the differential between dialogue and music and effects is, I feel like it's bigger than it used to be. And I, I find myself watching things more and more with subtitles uh, on for that reason. But I believe it's a combo of a couple things, but, um, I think some of it's the way home stereo equipment is made and the quality of your amp. You knocking my amp, dude? I have not seen your amp. My amps are glorious. Um, stuck in shit about your amps. Yeah. Um, Just your no, tubes. that could be. That, Just that, your tubes. Um, <laughs> um, that, that could be it. But for whatever the reason, I have gotten really used to watching stuff with subtitles. Um, so it was fine to watch yeah. this yeah. like that as well. Um I did want to ask briefly if if there are any um, like things that kind of bothered you or niggling things that bugged you. The only thing that stood out to me when I watched it, and sometimes I'll just notice something stupid and it will like stick out in my brain, um, is I feel like the movie doesn't do a good job explaining how long um, House of Trades is on Arrakis for, and I feel like. Like they show that, like they show them, they show up, they get like the intro to everything, like the shit breaks and they deal with it and they come back. And then it's like, kind of like, seems like it's like that first night, like they go to sleep, they show everyone going to sleep. Um, and then like 
and then like the Harkonnens show up and like attack. And I was just right. like, I was like put off because I was like, I, I don't understand what the time frame I'm supposed to be looking at here. Right. Again, I mean, it's not it's, a big deal. It's, it's obviously more than one night moment. because there's like the different night when the hunter seeker comes for, for uh, Paul uh, and he catches it, which is obviously a different day than, than the other stuff. But like, I agree. It could have been like a week. It could have been like a month. Um, it doesn't seem like it would have been more than that. Yeah, and it's yeah. And again, it's not important except that it pulled me out of the movie when it happened because I got confused. Um, but it's fine. I got I got back into it pretty quickly. Um, I, I had two moments. One is just overarching. There was things when they weren't explained, like it just felt like lazy fantasy for me. That's my one beef with fantasy. This is like. I'll use the Lord of the Rings example. It's like, ah, fuck it. He's now Gandalf the Gray. He's back. Right. Like, just right. cast us. We've written ourselves into a corner and we'll just cast a fucking spell. It, I actually don't think this movie is lazy fantasy. It just, it tiptoed up to it. It's because they just didn't explain a thing. Anyway, you, and later on it would come back. I was like, ah, shit. I wish they would explain that earlier. So yeah. that's like one some of that stuff may get explained in right the second I, would, movie too. I would say like to me there are two things that i think could have used more explaining i know i mentioned the other thing and it's like well they didn't really need to explain that but the two things that probably could have used more explaining are um who are the bene Gesserit? like i, I think that could have like that, yeah. that, that probably could have used some explaining like what is their deal like i read about it afterwards so i know what their deal is now but like in the movie would have been helpful in, yeah. in the movie it's like Things are hinted at. You get a sense that they're a powerful order of people. You don't even really get a sense that they're only women, even though they are, um, except for the fact that you only see women. Um, but like beyond that, you don't really know what their deal is. And then related to that, like you never really get a sense. They never explain what the Kwisatz Haderach is. And also, but but they say that a whole bunch of times. And like then like, is that the same as the, what is it, Lisan Al-Gaib or not? Are those two different things? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of hard to figure out what that is. And like you said, I feel like some of that will probably get explained more in the second movie. But in the meantime, you're kind of like, okay, like it's, you're throwing a lot of terms around and yeah. I, I and can understand. Yeah. Give me a bone here. Right. The yeah. other thing that, that pulled me out of the movie is when, uh, I think it was right before Sandworm came for them and, uh, he and his mom were getting changed and they had this weird moment looking at each other before they got like he took off his shirt and she was like checking him out or some shit and then he looked back at it was like this weird like the way i thought Freudian of that part, moment it's like what the fuck yeah. is happening like I, what that was weird the, the way i thought of that part more at least from her point of view was that she was like clocking that like especially since like now it's just the two of them out there and also that he had kind of like in certain ways he had kind of taken charge a little bit and maybe she was just clocking that. It's like, I like, he's definitely like more of a man now. Like I, I can't think of him as like a boy the way that maybe I have in my head. I don't know. Why was he checking her out? I don't, I didn't think he was checking her out the same way. I mean, he didn't, I don't know, but fair. Yeah. Enough. It, 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 read, get, to, it read to me. Did, it's just like a weird, awkward moment. It's like, Oh shit! I have to get changed in front of my mom. Like, right? Could be <laughs> like that kind too. Of like, yeah, I, I don't understand why it was there. It's like, what, what? What was that? Yeah, but yeah, who knows? Um, those are my two two primary beefs. Yeah, I mean, and and I guess the other thing that I wanted to bring up quickly is, I mean, this the source material is relatively old, but this movie does have like eh, a white savior problem in that, like they. 
like the the fremen are like coded as you know um middle eastern and um and you know here comes this you know and Bedouins, house of really, Trades, right that's that's, yeah. that's that's kind of what they're yeah and house of Trades is european um descendants and like here they come to like here comes you know the the chosen one to kind of save the day and it's like mm, okay um i get it but mm, okay uh, i had a very matrix obviously the source material is older than the matrix but had a very matrix-esque prophecy savior it thing did. going on and, right and, and for me like that helped a lot with like that stuff that you were talking about initially that don't explain explain like the queen's cataract and all that stuff and it's just like uh i get it like this is like a uh the one story and and like, right that's you know, you can fill in the blanks pretty quickly I, I, from that. Yeah, I got it too, but I could also see the confusion of like, are these different prophecies? Are they referring to different things that he might be? Or are they all kind of like different names for the same person? Like, like what is he fulfilling here when they talk about like, you know, this group of people is talking about this name and this other name is being thrown around as well. So it was kind of the thing um, that I thought. One thing with the... um getting back to what you were saying about sort of the white savior problem, I guess one thing that mitigates that for me slightly, although I've seen that, you know, that that's been a criticism of Dune overall as, as, as the story um, is like the fact that he needs their help, you know, at, at the point where we see him, like, it's not just that he's going to help, you know, save them or whatever. It's also like, there's the idea that it's like, right, they're going to die in the desert unless they get help from, from, from the Fremen. Um, so it's like, they, First and foremost, they need help from from the from the Fremen, meaning uh, Lady Jessica and, and Paul. So that helps a little bit. Um, what so really, I, a, really a last samurai kind of tale. Then, yeah, right? yeah. There, there you go. Kind of like that. <laughs> the, the classic. Classic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a classic last samurai. Um, <laughs> this guy reminds me just of Tom Cruise while watching <laughs> right, this. <exactly. laughs> um. One thing, it didn't pull me out, but one thing that I guess I just didn't quite understand quite the same way. So he has all these, um, you know, he has all these visions of uh, of Chani, of, of, of Zendaya's character. Um, and like some of them are things that will happen. Like he, like he has, it, it's kind of, it comes to pass differently, but he has those visions of the knife and he has visions of like the blood and, and fighting, I guess what, Jamis, Jamis, I don't know how you say his name, the guy who fights at the end. But he's the guy who I actually had some questions on, which are just that in real life, like they meet and he immediately like doesn't like him and he challenges him to this, whatever it was, the Amtal or whatever it was, like this fight, basically this ritual fight to the death um, where Paul is forced to kill him at the end, um, even though he doesn't really want to. But he has all these visions beforehand where that same guy is like teaching him of like the Fremen way and stuff like that. And it's like, does that happen or not? Or like, I know there's not to get into stuff, but it's like, I, I guess I just wonder if like, like w- did that not happen? Like how, how does that work? I, I was just confused if I'm being so, honest. Yeah. So here, my read of the situation, which could be wrong is that what, okay. So the big problem I think that this movie did was they underplayed the Holy war vision that he has like this apocalyptic vision that he like leads these people. And it leads to like this mass, um, this giant war and it's all these massacres and tons and tons of people die, right? And I feel like it was kind of a big deal in the movie, but it needed to be bigger because I think the point of a lot of his visions was that he's seeing something that could be true, but learning throughout the movie that that it's not going to necessarily happen that way and that he has agency over an impact. And I think what the movie is trying to tell you, or at least what I 
what I thought it was trying to say was um, because of things like that, that like he saw that person teaching him and then ends up having to kill him, that he can change that horrible apocalyptic future that he saw. Right. Because the question is, he he saw that future and he and he thinks it will happen if he goes with the Fremen. So why doesn't he just go off world when he gets the chance? And there needs to be a believable reason why he says, no, I'm going to stay here. Um, right. And because because we know he wants to avoid that future. So why not just leave? And I think the answer is because he's has good proof that what he sees doesn't have to happen. OK, that's fair. I, I that that's I mean, I don't know if that's the real reason or whatever any either, but that feels very plausible. So I appreciate that explanation. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause that does kind of make sense as to why he would, it didn't really bother me that that happened, but it makes sense now as to like, like you said, why he would say like, no, I don't want to go off world at the end when basically he says like, no, we stay here. Like we're going to, we're going to stay with them. Right now. The second movie may undercut all that and <laughs> may end up not being true. Sure. We will. We'll see. That's, that's the well, joy of it. Yeah, they're gonna go back to the camp. It turns out that guy's got a twin brother who does end <laughs> yeah. up teaching him all that stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. his it's his uh twin brother who you can just call landfill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so anything else people you guys want to bring up um uh, before we you know put some grades on this movie? Hmm. It's weird. You think like for a movie that's so big and um you know you think that there would be more to can i just get some explanations on some shit sure if we can (laughs) oscar isaac i like oscar isaac's cyanide tooth yeah and then he goes and he kills everybody in that room yeah but how is Kellen Sarsgaard in this like tar pit later i thought he i thought he i thought he's dead they find him he so Who's on the ceiling later? Is that him? That's, that's him. him. So he basically, um, he, he's got like a, a spinal implant that lets him fly because he's been cursed and like he's too big to walk. It's what was supposed to be the story there. That's why he can like float around. Do they ever um, say that during the movie? Yeah. Nope. They sure don't. And oh, good to know. So what happens when, when the uh, poison tooth goes off is apparently he's like zips up to the ceiling and is able to stay out of the gas enough to I thought we saw him thought maybe right I I also thought maybe that he was helped by the fact like he shields himself before like before he does that and I thought maybe that afforded him some protection because I didn't see shields on anyone else but like he definitely shields himself like when he like I think it's when like Oscar when he leans over yeah Yeah. like he definitely shields himself first he puts he turns on that that shield thing which is a very cool effect I liked that by the way that, that whole shielding thing that they do throughout the movie. Um, but I don't think anyone else was shielded because if I remember correctly, and I might be not remembering it correctly, when the gas comes out, like it affects his shield. Like you see a shield like light up yeah. in, in a way, but you don't see anybody else's. Like everyone else is just gasping, which makes me think that none of the others are shielded in any way. And so I right. think Although maybe it- that helps at least somewhat. Obviously he gets, you know, gassed in some way because he's recuperating after that but right. it would have been helpful to have a little explanation to what his deal was I mean aside from that it's clear he's big bad right but it would have been helpful to know like what's it why is this guy why can this guy float that's why I'm like <laughs> is this fantasy is a sci-fi like what's happening here why can and like who's that dude on the ceiling and then I was like oh shit 
he's alive still. Or maybe he's, maybe we're just putting some type of fucking Gandalf spell and it's like his twin brother. Fucking yeah, it, it's hard because like I totally agree with you that like it would be good for people to at least have some idea of like what was going on there with him. But on the other hand, it's like there was. There's no real organic way to do that because there's no like, obviously, he's not going to just be talking about it <laughs> like it's like, as you know, I can talk like, you know, it's like and none of the other characters don't know about him. Right. Like it's like. They all would know this, presumably. Like, they know who he is. They know that he floats. Like, no, no, nobody would be like, tell me more about the bear. You know, it's like, because they all know who he is already. So there's no you organic You all know me way. and how I float around. Right. <laughs> it's not up to me to tell you how to deliver that message. I can just sure. tell you without that message, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. Your the, explanation helps. Yeah. Definitely. I think, and, and I think uh, having read into it a little bit, Nish, you might know this better than me, but I think they... Essentially, I think they dropped the part of the plot that explains, like they dropped an important plot point um, from the book that like would be hard to explain. Basically, what happens in in the book is um, Rebecca Ferguson's character is his daughter. I mean, that might still um, come up in the second movie. It's I it's guess possible, I guess it might, but right, yeah. Um, but it was weird that he called um, Leto cousin. I don't like that was. Um, yeah, which, I wasn't sure what was going on there. Which made it weird. Right. Um, and uh, like, it's awful. But like, he basically, he, he raped the Reverend Mother and that gave birth to Rebecca Ferguson. And the Reverend Mother cursed him. Um, and that's why he's the way he is. Mm. Um, and can't walk and needs to like fly around. Uh, which, by the way, if you can just fly around in this world, why doesn't everybody just fly around? Right. Like, I'd fly around. <laughs> it's not like a Star Wars thing where you can only... Clearly, it's not like a Star Wars thing where you can only go, like, a foot off the ground. You know, like I mean, some that's other... really one way to avoid stomping on the ground and waking up the sandworms. That's right? Good point. That is an excellent point. Very good point. They could just be yeah. floating over the sand. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's one of those things where it's like... Like, like they'd have to explain it as, like, one, something that you'd have to be obscenely wealthy to do. Um, so that obviously like cuts down the number of people who could do it, but obviously most of our characters still could because we're mostly dealing with rich people. But um, maybe it's also one of those things where it's like you can have that spinal implant that'll make you fly, but like you won't be able to walk. Like, and it's not an issue for him because he really can't walk anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe he's just gonna look gross, right? If you're flying, if you're flying, it's a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. It's an all or nothing kind of all deal. All or nothing yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. They kind of the, laid out, but they did lay out who all the inhabitants of the planet were, and they could have given a quick one-off, like, and the leader is this guy that can float, and here's why. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the the and a similar thing, the one thing that did confuse me is we're talking about stuff. Now you guys can explain something to me, which was, like, I got confused when House of Trades got to Arrakis, and all those people were there cheering. And I was like, are these, who are these people? Like, are these workers that work here? They're like the independent contractors who are still there after the Harkonnens <laughs> leave? Or like, I thought the Fremen exclusively lived in the desert and like weren't around, but it seemed like they were Fremen, like that were, I don't know, were they slaves, workers? They were just the non-terrorist sect, if, if that like, you know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the people who were like fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I... 
didn't think about it too hard, probably because at that point, like we hadn't been introduced very well to the Fremen yet. Um, but thinking about it now, I my assumption is that they were just they're just sort of the people who maybe some I mean, obviously, some of them are or were Fremen at some point, like, for instance, the uh, the the what's her what's her name? Shout out Mapes or whatever the the serving woman who she hires. Um, but uh, but I thought generally maybe they're just people who, you know, have been imported or whatever and just like work in the city now. Like they're, they're just the city workers, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I didn't think that they were Fremen. I thought they were just people. They yeah. think their eyes, I mean, their they eyes don't, blue they don't have the blue the eyes, so yeah. And, if, I, but, but I don't think that's like a... My, my sense, right, is like from the little bit you hear about in his little like, you know whatever learning books like videos or whatever that he's when, when he's learning about the Fremen, like that the blue thing, isn't a genetic thing. Is it like, they're not born it's with blue eyes it's no. because they spend time out with the spice and it makes right. their like, eyes blue. Anyone who spent enough time out there would get the blue, would get eyes. The blue eyes. Right. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I figured. So maybe it's just a thing where some of those people could be, could have originally been Fremen, but they've just lived in the city now and you know, yeah. they've been I born mean, in the city and you know, all that kind of stuff. They did make some comment as well, a... Paul. They made some comment how they thought there were only 50,000 of them out there. It turns out there's millions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, isn't there? Isn't there a premonition that Paul Atreides has where his eyes are blue in the premonition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Yeah. Spending some time with us huffing spices. That's right. <laughs> Go huff some spices in a tent. Go huff some yeah. spice. <laughs> I mean, you can just kind of lick the ground, I guess. It's like everywhere. That's right. The blue eye thing looked cool. I mean, it's a pretty simple effect, but like, and really done it. They didn't do that in the uh, David Lynch version, right? I don't remember any blue eyes. No, they, they did. They did. Kyle McLaughlin's eyes yeah. blue, like glow in blue, no? Oh, but they like yeah, glow, yeah. right? Like they're weird looking, right? Well, like, I, I think he was just wearing like weird, like it was harder to do the effect well, I think, back right, then more right. than like anything else. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. No, they did, they they did a good job making their eyes look blue, but not just be like, oh, these are a bunch of people with blue eyes. Like they look weird, and like otherworldly blue. Right. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, I dug it. Um, all right, so why don't we put some grades on this? Uh, let's see. Let's start with you, Nish. Sure. Um, I really like this movie. Um, one one thing I'll say that we didn't before I say is that um, after I watched it, I looked at some reviews of it and reviews have generally been very good for this movie, but they haven't been, they're not like across the board, like raves. Um, and some of the criticisms of it have been like that. It's like slow. And I didn't find it slow personally. Um, I know that the, there's setting up a lot of stuff in the beginning. Like there's not necessarily a lot of stuff that happens in the first half hour of the movie or so, but I still felt like you were learning so much that it didn't really feel slow to me. And it, the movie, you know, even though I watched it, I much watched it in multiple installments because I had to in terms of like if I wanted to like be functional the next day, I had to stop watching. But like I would have watched it. I would have continued watching it, you know, just straight through. I thought it was really um, well paced. Um, so I really liked that as well. The only thing I could say about it, and this is just a function of it being in two movies, which I'm generally happy about so that it wasn't too squished up. Uh, is just that, you know, it's it's kind of a weird stopping point. Like, I mean, it's as good as any, but it's like it ends and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's over. <laughs> like, how about that? Like, so there's a little bit of that. Um, but as that's the only thing I could really say about it, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Wow. Right. Wow. I liked it a lot. I, I thought it was really good. What about you, Willie? 
I am reviewing the film, not the uh, content, right? So, um, not the content of the film, the content, the, the content that it is made off of, uh, made from, derived from. Um, I mean, that's so, I mean you're the, reviewing whatever you feel like, right? I mean, the, the content probably figures into the film. Like, if you if you don't like the story, for instance, that's definitely part of it. Oh, the movie was good. Um, it's interesting. As I'm, I think this is one of those movies that after you watch it, you'll start to, then the more you think about it, like a lot of questions I had, I could actually answer later on. So maybe it was the order in which it was proposed. Maybe it's just like giving it a, even, I, by the way, I watched it today. So giving it a couple hours to sink in, even just discussing it with you guys, I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see it again, actually. So yeah. it was good. And the visuals were really good. And the story was pretty good. And I have a couple of minor beefs or gripes that might go away now that I have a better understanding after talking to you guys and reading a little bit and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to give it a three for now, but it might go up if I watch it again. Okay. I mean, I'll say this. I watched this movie um, quite a, quite a while ago um, and, and thinking on it over that time, you know, it's the kind of movie where, like, I walked out of, like, I walked out of it, right? <laughs> I turned it off thinking, like, eh, I was, I'm a little bit confused. And then I thought about it. It's like, no, there's enough there that you can piece it together. Maybe not mm-hmm. right away, but it's not, like, intentionally obtuse, like, like the way some movies can be where it's like, yeah, you'll never figure this out. Like, I think least, that's what's going to make it better on a second viewing, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to seeing it again, too. Like, As um, am I. Like, Nish, I agree with you. Like, I sat down. At, at 10 p.m., fully intending to watch half of this movie and then going to bed, and I found myself like unable to stop watching it. Like it kind of pulled me in. And I'm like, mm. and I got to a point. I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna give it another 20 minutes. All right, I'm gonna give it another 20 minutes. And eventually, I was just like, damn it, I'm watching this whole thing and staying up till 1:30, aren't I? Um, and I did, and um, and and I'm looking, and I, and I am looking forward to seeing it again. So I, I'm I'm with you, Nish. Like this is a four and a half for me. Um, I I really liked it and. Honestly, like I wasn't really expecting to love it. Um, I feel the I same way. It, it was. It's been so hyped by us as well. I mean, we've we've been talking about watching Dune for a while. Um, that I felt going into it, like it's like I feel like probably I can't possibly like it as much as like I was like looking forward to it. Like now that it's actually here, because it's it's not like I'm some kind of Dune head or anything like that. But like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like, it's like there's stuff where it's like you're like excited for it, and you know everything about it. Like Lord of the Rings. Like I read Lord of the Rings, you know, a bunch of times when I was a kid and stuff like that. So like I was hyped going into that. Um, yeah. But like this, like you know, watching it, it was like wow. Like I this really lived up to you know more more than lived up to what I was like hoping it would be. Um, I watched or, or I, I read a lot of reviews after I did. I, I read a lot of reviews of this after I watched it and kind of formulated my thoughts just to see what people were saying they didn't like or liked or whatever. And there were definitely quite a few people, Willie, who said, like, I watched this and didn't quite like I saw multiple people who were like, I watched this and wasn't quite sure what was going on. And then like read about or like kind of got into like what what the things were and then watched it again and thought and like really understood it and thought it was great after I like had some semblance of what was going on. So it's just like, honestly, just a couple little details missing that I think would have, that would have helped them if they were a little more overt about them. Oh, by the way, I totally forgot to tell you guys this. I'm, I'm grateful for the way in which we get to watch it now. Speaking of such a, such a 
complaint because um you know if i had seen this in mo- in the movie theater g- guess what happened to me 11 minutes into this movie fell asleep you fell asleep <laughs> i fell asleep <laughs> and imagine being in a theater and waking up 40 minutes later oh like, yeah. what the fuck is happening <laughs> <laughs> who the hell is that guy what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah. you can pull that off in moana probably not this movie <laughs> You wake up and like the guy's coming out of the tar pit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm very grateful that I could be like, uh, I got to rewind back another 30 minutes that I just slept through. Get some coffee. Start this over. All right. So it sounds like sounds like we all liked it. I would love if I hope this is the kind of movie that gets another theatrical run, like when the sequel comes out or something, because I would like to see it on a big screen. Like, it's like yeah. I got a theater in my building I can rent. Just the three of us can use it. Yeah. You said that we were going to do that for this and then we never did. So I rented it and we never made it. <laughs> it sat empty. You didn't even tell me when you rented it. <laughs> just, I didn't make it out to Jersey that night. Secret, secret rental. Yeah. Um, all right. And then... Um, I, we don't normally do this, but I did want to talk briefly about what we're doing next because we're starting something a little bit different, which is we're going to be watching. Um, <laughs> I can't think of a movie more different than this movie. We're going to be watching an early James Bond movie, Goldfinger, um, which Willie has never seen, um, as we talked about in a previous episode. Right. So um, definitely, definitely looking forward to that Um I haven't seen Goldfinger and probably, well, no, I think I did a rewatch about 10-ish years ago. So mm. I've seen it relatively recently. That's that's about, I think, how long it's been since I've seen it. Somewhere around 10 yeah. years or so. Um, so we'll look forward to that. And um, yeah. there's something, the, there's some type of um, James Bond exhibit going on in New York City right now. I'm like, oh, maybe I can watch the movie and go to, it's like a James Bond immersive exhibition. You get to, like, that sounds weird. That unco- does. Yeah, no, that's what they call it. Uncover. It, it's got his Aston Martin there. It's got his gadgets it's got there. His ass. It's ass. Immersive. I don't know. Looks cool. I was like, all so right, well, maybe I'll see the movie. Ass, huh? Maybe I'll see the movie and go check it out. He's got a very cool Aston Martin. That that old that oh, silver DB5 is awesome. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Cool it's, it's this. I don't know if you've ever been to it. It's this place called Spyscape in the city. They have them in a bunch of cities. They're fun. Yeah. And you probably know this, Willie, but the, the Aston Martin, like the iconic Aston Martin is from Goldfinger. Like that is, yes. that is the movie. That I did actually yeah. know that. And then yep. eventually he got into Audis, BMWs? Uh, B, uh, BMWs. Yeah, BMWs. I think in the Z3, yeah. right? BMW is in the, uh, in like the, the, the 90s Brosnan and the 2000s. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Who, the Brosnan years. Who, who had the R8? Was that just Iron Man? Yeah. No, Audi's were Audi's was not the R eight yeah, right, showed right. up Audi's, in the movie. Audi, and I was Audi, like, yeah, what yeah. is Audi's, that car? Yeah, Audis are Marvel. Like, like yeah. the, the the MCU, they drive a bunch of Audis in different times. <laughs> <laughs> Corporate synergies—they're a beautiful thing. That's right. Um, uh, do we get any emails, Nish? Uh, we don't. We don't have any emails. I actually checked. I looked to see if we had oh, any emails. Um, but uh, no emails for this episode. But please email us. We know it works now. I tested it for real. It works. Um, it is talk to podflix at gmail.com. Talk to podflix. Um, as in like you could talk to us like that kind of thing. Um, so send us an email. We'll uh, we'll read it. We'll answer your email. As opposed I, don't, to I, don't, the- I don't know if it'll be a good answer. Well, we won't just throw it in the trash and for, pretend it doesn't exist. Like, another like, email like we did we- with our poor email from our friend Scotty. <laughs> we promise we'll read your email at podflix.com. That's right. 
I'll, 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 uh, I'll get that. Great. Now we got to get that too. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all right. So um, we don't have an outro. I was just about to start to do the end of the show, and we don't have one. Nope, we don't. All right. Goodbye, everybody. This is the end. <laughs>